0: What's up, Atlanta Sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrup and alongside me as always is Adam Burr kalal and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta Professional Sports, wacky ass hijinks and analysis presented by the Pigskin podcast network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, I feel overwhelmed.
1: It's like there's too much stuff going on in Atlanta sports right now.
0: We've never had a Falcons free agency like this. Ever, ever. This is wild. Yeah, 24 hours. God knows what. I mean, we're sitting here on Tuesday,
1: March 14th, 2023. Yeah, at 5:08 p.m. And there's been about what seven deals that have happened in the last 24 hours. I think, I think eight. Yeah. When you include um uh, Heineke. Well, don't get into it. We can't get into it yet. You gotta save like, it for the podcast. How do we even st- like? I don't. I don't know where to begin
0: uh let's be nervous you need to talk me
1: off a ledge okay. I, I don't it's, know it's, like
0: it's, it's, this is a good thing but, there's but nothing
1: my, to be nervous but, about but my team is like doing stuff and like normally we don't do stuff and it's well, just very strange yeah it's, it's, it's a
0: weird thing when you have 68 million dollars or so worth of cap space second most in the league going into the legal tampering period which is the period before free agency opens
1: is this legal tampering thing something new i feel like i've never heard about it until this year
0: no it's it's been around i think i think now people are I think there was always a miscon this is just my opinion. There's a misconception (laughs) about when these things were announced when they could actually, you know, be fully approved by the League Office and stuff. So I think they created this term to signify yes, there's a little period before free agency starts so things can be announced. Yes. So in in theory, the deal could fall apart. In theory, true. Yes, the deal could fall apart, but for all intents and purposes, no. That would be true to Atlanta if that happened. Like all of them fall apart. Yeah.
1: They they all end up Instead of us taking the Saints players, they all end up going back. Going to the back Saints. to the Saints. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's start with the people that are staying here. Adam, Caleb McGary. Excuse me, not Caleb McGary. Chris Lindstrom. I'm um, offensive line profiling. Who Pro Football Focus would consider, or does consider, the best overall player in the National Football League? He's the highest grade of anyone, not just guards. Yeah, not but just guards. That's crazy. Signs a five-year, $105 million extension. I think that was like the first thing that happened, if memory serves, during this whole insane 48 hours we've had. Or not even that, 36 hours. And that seemed like the sensible move. When you had that much cap space, uh, he's a cornerstone of your offense. He's the best player in football, they say. He's definitely your best offensive lineman. Um, This is a great deal. He's also still in his 20s. He's entering his prime. He can get better, too. I think he's only 26. Something like that. Uh, The guy's a beast. He's a huge reason why we had such a great rushing offense this year. Uh, To not lock him down would be idiotic. So, good start, Terry.
1: Yeah. um, Thank you to Thomas Dimitrov. This is one of the few things he did well. Yeah, he did draft Lindstrom. So, he's got that going for him. But, yeah, I mean, this guy's a cornerstone of your offensive line. I know it kind of reset the market for guards – a lot of people are pissed about that, but we got our guy at what they deem to be a reasonable rate, and I think a lot of his his contract's kind of front loaded as well, isn't it? To yeah. where a lot of it is this first year. Yeah, I think it's twenty one
0: million this first year or something like that, and then it like
1: averages to like fourteen or something like that, something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So no brainer move. That's good, and you know yeah. we're not
1: pushing the buck down a couple years to like you know, backload these contracts
0: like we used to do and just deal with it later. Um, You'd rather deal with it now because, honestly, yeah. even with all these moves, you're still probably another year or so away from being a true Super Bowl contender because um, you still have a lot of questions at quarterback. There's still a lot of questions at wide receiver. Um, there's still questions on the defensive line, despite the the moves that were made um, to bring in, you know, these former Saints players like David Anyamata and Caden Ellis. Um, so there's still a lot of, and you know, you still have questions on the offensive line. What are you going to do about Caleb McGarry's position at tackle? You know, so there, there's, there's still a lot of stuff going on. You might be able to answer the majority of it, but you just don't know, but you'd rather be spending more money now than have to spend more money later when you will hopefully be a contender at that point. Sure. So that was move one. What was move two, Graham? Uh, move two was a, uh, at least this is my memory of it. Uh, move two was, Patriots trade Jonu Smith to Falcons for a seventh-round pick. For those that don't know Jonu Smith, he is a former disciple of Arthur Smith. Played, had the most productive years of his career as a tight end with Tennessee. I think he had uh, something like 800-plus yards in two seasons with Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. Had 10 touchdowns or something like that over those two years. Um, did not do great with the Patriots, Honestly, um, only had one touchdown in two years. He was underutilized. They had a whole bunch of offensive issues, throwing the ball, more of a run, uh, more of a a ground game team anyway. So he just didn't get a lot of uh, of opportunities there. But he's still pretty young. He's a really solid tight end, and this gives us a nice complimentary piece to Kyle Pitts. It also probably means Michael Pruitt doesn't need to be here anymore. Because Johnny's –
1: I think you generally carry three tight ends. True. But you also got uh, your boy Parker Hesse. Well, I, I heard something about converting Hesse to a fullback, but that doesn't make any sense because they re-signed – what's his face? Keith Smith. Keith Smith, yeah. As well. Um, oh, yeah. If we – yeah, Keith Smith, the punter, Pinion. It might be more like 10 moves that have taken place. Yeah, this move's interesting. We, we've squawked about it for years. I mean, I suppose only two years about wanting Pitts to play out wide a little more. And, you know, Arthur Smith loves his two tight end sets. So this is a a more legitimate playmaker that can play a lot more tight end and maybe allow Pitts to go outside. So maybe this is the year it finally happens, especially considering how weak our wide receiver core still is right now. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Johnny Smith, I mean, I honestly don't know a bunch about him besides he flourished under Arthur Smith and, you know, Smith and Fontenot are really – they're sticking with people they know. That's why we see a lot of Titans coming in. We see a lot of Saints coming in. A lot of Saints coming in. Um, With our new new defensive coordinator being from the Saints along with Fontenot. So, you know, just call us the Atlanta Titans, and I guess we'll keep bringing these guys in. And I I certainly didn't expect a trade for a tight end, but, you know, it's a seventh-round pick. Who cares about that? A lot of money, though. I think about 10 years – 10 million each year –
0: So that's, you know, that can be questioned, but it's it's worse than that, Adam. Uh, His, Mm. his, supposed, it's supposed to be a $17 million cap hit for 2023 for a guy who wasn't producing at all in New England and an $18 million cap hit in 2024. So beyond the production wasn't there, you know, Smith was rewarded with this contract based off his work in Tennessee. Didn't translate to New England. The Falcons are going to restructure that deal reportedly. So um, they won't have to pay. That much money for what will be a, a you know your second tight end? Okay, interesting. So
1: not a you know not a home run necessarily. Not not necessarily. But intriguing
0: and could be some good no. He's upside. He, he's like with Arthur Smith, things really were He had an eight touchdown season one of those years. I can't remember if that was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. The guy's no joke, and he's you know two years removed from that. I guess about to be three, but um, still a very physical, capable player, a good run blocker, good hands. Um, if they can do something and this is kind of silly to compare these guys to, you know, that those couple years where it was Gronk and Aaron Hernandez just tearing people up. But if we can do something like that, where you're utilizing these two tight ends, it just gives you another weapon that makes it harder to cover a Pitts, you know, in a London and you also throw in Johnny Smith and hopefully you also add your receiving core either in the draft or in free agency as well. So just we need more offensive weapons. This is a good place to start.
1: I and, say. and all these moves are kind of about depth as well. You know, last yes. year the offense completely fell off the the map once Pitts got hurt. So, were Pitts to get hurt again? He's been hurt, you know. He's missed games both of his years in the league. So, this is kind of a little bit of insurance there. Does not bode well for my boy, Anthony Ferkser. Great. No, I think, I think <laughs> I'm, Ferkser's out of I'm here. I'm concerned that he was underutilized. And he's going to get picked up by the
0: Patriots and just ball out for very cheap. Just- certainly possible, but I'm not going to lose sleep over Anthony Ferger. Okay. because I know you might. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 cool with that deal as long as you can restructure that cap hit because that's kind of crazy to be paying that much money for a guy who only got you know 200 yards receiving last year and no touchdowns. Even though a lot of that's on him, that's still a, a, a ton of money to be paying a guy who's not going to be your starting tight end. You know, if he was, that's still a lot of a lot of money. Sure, sure. So
1: normally, Graham, those two moves alone, that would be like enough news for like the month.
0: Right. And that would be our podcast. (laughs) Yep. Uh, We'd be out here in 10 minutes. But this keeps going. Yeah. So the next deal, as far as I can remember, was a deal with David Anyamata, a defensive tackle from the Saints, who had uh, five sacks last year, which is really good for a defensive tackle. He also generated quarterback pressures 10% of his snaps. Which was better than anyone on the Falcons' offensive line last year. Um, he's been his last uh, seven years with the Saints, so it's a three-year, thirty-five million dollar deal, twenty-four and a half million fully guaranteed. Um, he's a fourth-round pick, and uh, yeah, no, he's this guy is a is a terror. Apparently, on the run run defense, he had a bit of a down year. Uh, last year, but historically he's been really good. I mean, a great uh, you know guy to eat up space in the middle of the line and make plays uh, against the running game in particular. And the fact that he also pressures the quarterback is big. We've been talking about for years how great Jarrett not only needs help on the edge but also on the interior. This guy hopefully fits that bill.
1: It's going to be interesting to see as well with you know Ryan Nielsen coming in from the Saints. They ran a four three. Dean Pease ran a three four. Is that? I mean, now that we have like an actual second uh, defensive tackle to go next to Grady, are we going to go back to a 4-3, 2-4-3. which could really free up Grady and let him ball out a little bit more? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it just depends on the personnel. I mean, the problem to me with running a 3-4 with this Falcons defense, even as it stands today, because I still don't love the linebacking situation, even though you did also sign this other uh, Saints player who we'll get into – in a minute here, Caden Ellis, who I'd never heard about until <laughs> until yesterday, but is apparently a pretty damn good player. There's still a lot of holes on that on that linebacking core. So um I would rather go to a four three personally to let those two guys eat up the middle in anyamata and uh in Grady. And then hopefully you can also get some pressure from uh, the new edge in uh in Mr. Caden Ellis. So I don't know it's it's sort of – I know Ryan Nielsen has talked about the differences between 4-3 and 3-4. He's like, I don't really give a shit. Um, <clears> so, you know, I don't know if that's really important to him, what the base defense is, because he says, you know, we play so much in the nickel anyway that, you know, having – you know, it's kind of like a base nickel defense now as opposed to a 4-3 or 3-4. and nickel is generally uh, 4-D lineman anyway. So Yeah. More cornerbacks out there. Yeah. Um, Ellis, though, he's not, he's not a DN, though. No, he's a linebacker, but he got seven sacks last year and only 11 games. For the record, the Falcons only had 21 sacks last season as a team. So he, you know, if he was on the team last year, those numbers would have gone up for sure. Yeah, we we haven't had any Falcons player have
1: more than seven sacks since Vic Beasley in like 2018. I think you're right,
0: which is pathetic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it was one of those where I, I, I think everyone on Falcons Twitter kind of had the same reaction: it was who the hell? Yeah, is this Caden Ellis guy? And then you look up and see seven sacks Saints. It's like, all right, yeah. bring them on. This is about to be a crowd favorite. And any like both of these guys. Any time we can take from the Saints, and it seemed like the fan base was not too excited about no. losing either of these players.
0: Saints Reddit was in hysterics over losing particularly losing uh, Ellis, because he's a pretty young player, only drafted in 2019, so this will only be his fourth year in the league. If he's already getting seven sacks um, – and the crazy thing is, too, he's also, he was also a seventh-round pick. Yeah. So, it's you know, this has been a – that was a really a breakout year for him last year. So here's hoping that's not a fluke and he can continue to be, uh, you know, be a terror out there on the edge. He'll probably be either outside linebacker, inside linebacker, um, I would imagine, to start the season.
1: I just hope our culture is different than what it has been. Cause we've seen guys
0: leave us and have success. Um, yeah. Or they had success and then come in and suck. Right. So yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, all the optics say this should work out for us. Both of these signings, you know, it's also improving an area that drastically needs improvement with the pressuring, the quarterback, stopping the run two areas. We really did not excel in last year. But once again, there's a precedent for bringing in guys that we think are going to be, you know, really big boons and they don't do shit. So Paul Solia, <laughs> Paul Solia, Tyson Jackson, um, O.C. Umanura, the list goes on. So, but I'm generally excited about both of these guys, particularly uh, more so on Yamada, just because he has a uh, a longer resume of being a very consistent player. And the fact that he got five sacks of defensive tackle last year tells me that, uh, you know, that's really freaking good for a defensive tackle. Defensive tackles aren't expecting to get that any sacks. So really excited about what this does for our front uh, with both of these guys. Neither one of these deals breaks the bank either. So good stuff, I would say, overall, uh, Terry, here. Even though Anyamada is 30 years old, and that's when the people start slowing down a little bit, hopefully they can uh, you know get two or three more good years out of him.
1: And we haven't even mentioned the biggest signing of the Graham.
0: What's that? Jesse Bates. Oh yes, yes, that was the next move I think after after uh, So yeah, Jesse Bates is the is the crown jewel I think of the free agent class this year. Excellent safety uh, who played with Cincinnati has a lot of uh, made a lot of big plays for them and get them you know deep in the playoffs the last couple of years, including that run to the Super Bowl. Um, pretty big contract uh, 64 million and 23 million of that is included in his first season um, at four interceptions last year and uh, has 14 total interceptions since 2018 479 total tackles he's widely revered as one of the better safeties in the national football league so this was a really big get for the Falcons even though it's not one of those things where it's like oh yeah you know we need to you know I'm always a trenches 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 guy but at the same time, if you have good safety and good good secondary in general, that can cover for your uh, shortcomings in the defensive line as well. So this was something that a lot of people thought was going to happen. This guy is the same agent as Terrell and Casey Hayward. and I think either Pitts or Lyndon, I can't remember. I think it was Pitts. So a lot of people thought this was this was going down. He was on a franchise tag last year at the Bengals, uh, and he was pretty sure he wasn't going to be able to come back because now their salary cap situation is becoming an issue with Joe Burrow's big deal coming up. So, this is why it's great to have a rookie quarterback deal because you can go out there and make all these moves. It's not that the quarterback always takes up all the cap space, but it gets to the point where you, you know, sometimes you can't plug holes that need to be plugged because you got to give a bunch of money to too many people. So, bring in a guy like this. It's really gonna help our secondary. It's really gonna help the evolution of Richie Grant. He's a proven player. He's only 26 years old. He's one of the best safeties in the league. Great move. Yeah, we have an insider source with the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: This would be, uh, I think we we recorded a podcast with him one time, but it was lost to the archives because it was terrible. But he's been a season ticket holder for the Bengals. His family has been for like 30 plus years. He's been through the shit. He went to the Super Bowl last year. This is my brother-in-law, David. And I thought I had a lot more intel from him than I actually do. I have two sentences, Graham. All right. He said, massive deal for Bates. Guy's a stud, though. That's all I need to know. That's
0: great analysis.
1: (laughs) He's a stud. He looks like a stud. Um you know, I mean, it's going to free up Grant to like really just take off as well, and he's going to learn from him as well, and I love it, Graham. Like, you, and like you're saying though, like it's those sack numbers are going to start to tick up if you know no one's open.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's a new analytic called Total Points Saved uh, by Sports Info Solutions that a lot of people consider to be pretty legitimate, um, sort of in the same vein as like the pro football focused stuff. But it's a, it's a specific analytic that's about point saves, sort of like defensive run save for baseball. He had a 54-point save last year. That is sixth among all safeties. Um, and what's crazy is this uh, number really went up after a subpar 2021 season from Bates when he only saved 10 points. Um, so this is one of his best seasons as a safety in terms of like you know preventing points from being scored. He's only 26. He's only going to get better. Um, I'm really excited to see this guy play. I wish I knew more about him other than things I can just read. Um, But he is, you know, I would say universally decreed to be the, the, the one of the better top three free agents, probably, or at least top five free agents that were available before the Falcons signed him. And
1: I love kind kind of like the Braves have done over the years with, you know, building a strong clubhouse. I love seeing guys like this brought in where like, he's coming from a winning organization. Yes. That's had a lot of success. And I mean, also just like the perfect comparison to the Falcons were like three years ago, Bengals sucked. Right. And the next thing you know, they're in the Super Bowl. And so he, he went
0: through that, right? Exactly. I think he was drafted the same year as Burrow or maybe a year after Burrow, whatever. It was when the Bengals were not good. So he knows what it, what it takes to take an organization as a perennial underachiever and turn them into a Super Bowl contender. So um, yeah, I think that's that's really great for the Falcons. Um good stuff. I mean, it was it was just like everything that you wanted to have happen, positions that need uh drastic improvement, and that is pretty much every single position for the Falcons outside of maybe running back, and obviously Chris Lindstrom, um, is is getting taken care of yesterday. Um, for the most part. I know we still need help at receiver and whatnot, but it was it, it was such a good start. It was such a good start. Not only that, Adam, I know you're a big fan of punters. Brady Pinion re- resigned to a three-year extension. So. Bradley Pinion. Bradley Pinion. Clemson Tiger. Clemson Tiger. Sorry. Yeah,
1: kind of expensive for a punter. Like, yeah, is he that good? I think he was good last year. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of like with Koo. You know, there are times where special teams can win you games. So it's like you found a guy that works. Just block him in.
0: Yeah. So I'm cool with that. We also mentioned Keith Smith resigned. I think to a one-year deal. Solid fullback does his job. Not much of a pass catcher, but a decent blocker. So I'm glad we still employ fullbacks because it's one of my favorite uh, positions in the game. It's always un- unsung and underappreciated, a thankless job, if you will. Um, so I don't think anyone's going to complain about bringing Keith Smith back. Oh. Uh The big and then the last thing that's happened, to Adam, is Tower Henick Is it Heineke or Henneke? And I, ne- I never know how to pronounce Taylor. Henneke. I like how I just completely <laughs> butchered not only his <laughs> his last name but his first name too. Yeah. Taylor Henneke. Taylor Henneke is coming to the Falcons, Adam, um, and I would say that this move—I think it was a two-year, what, twenty million dollar deal or something yeah. like that—would tell us two things. One, this is Desmond Ritter's job to lose. Two, he very well could lose it if he doesn't bring his uh, A game to the table because Henneke has way more experience. He's won some. I wouldn't say big games, but he's gone to the playoffs. He he fought his ass off against Tom Brady the year they won the Super Bowl. He's not a great quarterback, but he you know he's got pain and he's got experience. And Ritter doesn't have either one of those things, so he's going to push Ritter. This guy's a dog. Um, from all reports from Commanders fans online, um, no one's no one's saying he's the answer our franchise quarterback. And I don't think that should be the expectation from from our side either. They say he does compete. He's a solid guy, and um, it'll be interesting to see how the quarterback situation shapes up, but this pretty much guarantees, I would say, that the Falcons are not going to be in the market for a big free agent quarterback or making a trade for a quarterback, because why the hell would you bring in uh, Henneke if that was the case?
1: Yeah, and I would think that it also eliminates them drafting a quarterback at eight. Yeah. You're not going to have Henneke be your third-string guy making $10 million, Right. so... Yeah. It's cool that like, you know, I I didn't have Henneke on my list at all for, I mean, I knew we'd be bringing in a veteran, but his name never popped up, but I like it. I mean, I remember the last two years, him just breaking our hearts with game winning drives. That's kind of what he's known for is Mm -hmm. like, he'll kind of suck it up the first half and then turn it on in the fourth quarter, which is kind of the opposite of what we normally see. And he's also been labeled as a great locker room guy. He's a guy who's been through the shit. You know, he's it's been a long path to get to even the amount of success he's had at this point. And it's a homecoming for him, Lawrenceville, Georgia boy.
0: So yeah, for you sentimentalists out there,
1: yeah, he's, he's coming back to Atlanta and I I think he'll, he'll be a good guy for hopefully Desmond to learn from. And like you said, to push him. like there's certainly a scenario where Henneke could just outshine him. Like he's a mobile quarterback. He kind of is what Arthur Smith looks for. He's not a guy who's just going to stand in the pocket. He can make, you know, make things happen with his feet as well. Right. Um,
0: I, I saw d- people bitching about this, and it upsets me. I don't understand why people want to go and blow a bunch of money on on a big name quarterback or make a huge trade or something. I don't. I do not get this mindset. Terry Fontenot to me has completely readjusted his his, his strategy here. Where he started building the team, I I think, in the wrong way of using two back-to-back first-round picks on skill-position players. But now he's doing like he's he's reversing that. He's attacking the areas that need to be fixed. He's not rushing the quarterback situation. He's going to see what he's got in Desmond Ritter for a year, and then we'll make the decision. We should know within a year whether Ritter can be the guy or not. Like this is the last sort of practice year, while also trying to establish a new culture of how to hopefully win and at least. Get into the playoffs this year, I think that should be potentially an expectation that we could have, and that's not to say we can't make more moves either to shore up other holes. Um, there's still I think over twenty five million dollars of cap space left for this season so
1: yeah and us being able to do this is just a testament to their patience the last two years to you know not try to make any splashes kind of just deal with what the cards you were dealt you know make it through kind of start establishing this culture we over achieved both years I think a lot of people would say but yeah now we're adding depth we're adding legitimate stars to the roster and you know now going into the draft we can get our edge rusher at eight you know yes we we can add a tackle um that's the big question as well like Caleb McGarry's still out there are we going to resign him did we draft someone at eight um do we try to get that edge rusher I don't know
0: yeah it's tough I would I would hope that you can bring McGarry back because you really don't have a lot of options. Like, who do you got? Jalen Mayfield, you want to plug him in there after all the pig slop he's fed us over the last few years of just being unhealthy or when he is on the field, he's terrible? I don't want to do that. So, but I also don't want to draft a rookie there unless he's an absolute stud at eight that can come in and just make things happen. I, I would still much rather attack the quarterback this year than protect the quarterback because I think the defensive line is still worse than the offensive line so I'd rather spend that that 8th pick on a defensive uh, defensive lineman personally.
1: Yeah, I mean if you get a tackle at 8 or 44 though, you can expect that guy to come in and start day 1. You would hope so. Um
0: but you just yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean we do have like First round we're at eight. Second round forty-four. Third round seventy-five. We have two fourth rounders, one ten and one thirteen. Fifth round one fifty-nine, and I think we might be down to two seventh rounders now.
0: So we, yes, we got a lot of picks. Yeah, we have a lot of picks. There's also the question about um, left guard. You know, who's going to start there? Do you try to bring back uh, Elijah Wilkinson, or do you see if there's another player? Akin to him out there that can plug that hole. Receivers another question: Are we gonna Are we gonna put any money down in free agency on a, on a receiver to help out Drake London, Pitts, Johnny Smith, um, or do you try to draft a receiver in the third round or something like that and hope that a rookie can come in here and really make some noise? Or hell, do you do both? I don't know. It's just the the good news is the Falcons have options. They still have, they have holes, but they have options. The last. Four years, five years, we've had holes, but not a lot of options. So this is just this is new territory for all of us and it's it's pretty exciting, I would say. And I would say every move that has been made to me is has been a move that makes sense. There hasn't been one move out there where I've been like, well, that's kind of bullshit. The only thing I would say that comes close to that maybe is the Johnny Smith thing. I'm still not mad about it. I think it upgrades tight end. And I think also all the other moves that were made subsequently after that, you know. then it's like, okay, I see the picture coming together now.
1: Can I throw out a um, Adam would be happy if we get this guy? Yeah. I I don't know how much he's going to cost, but he was a kind of surprise release from his team, and I think he would be great to be our number two wide receiver. I mean, it could still potentially be a one, but he's getting up there in age a little bit. Adam Thielen's on the market. Yeah, how much money do you think he's going to want,
0: though? I don't know, man. Like he's still a very solid. You can you get receiver. him for ten million a year? Yeah, if I can get Adam Thielen for ten million a year, I'm doing that, 100. Um, percent Despite the fact that he's 32, and um, you know, the 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 one thing that's it's gone down over the years has been his total yards receiving has gone down. Um, it's only averaging about ten, a little over ten yards per catch. Uh, his touchdowns have gone down a little bit too um down to 6 touchdowns from 10 the year before um still gets a lot of receptions though 70 receptions you know he could come in here and help out a young quarterback it just depends on how much money is he going to cost if he's going to if he wants something in the realm of 20 million a year absolutely not if he's willing to come here for 10 11 million i might bite that bullet
1: I mean, or step down, you've got a guy like Jarvis Landry, who's a free agent
0: again, also ex uh Saint, and he'd yeah. be more of your slot receiver. Excellent possession receiver, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. He's uh, a great for just short catches, getting a little bit of uh yards after catch. He's not a big downfield guy that's gonna really, you know, blow up a game, but he is he is a very solid, still a very solid receiver, I'd say. And just keep in mind that
1: Zacchaeus is a free agent as well. So
0: Zacchaeus is a free agent, yeah.
1: Like that that's got to, I mean, obviously we gotta dr- I think it'll be addressed both free agency and draft, but something's gotta give there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could see the Falcons making a move for um a veteran and then also drafting a younger receiver again. Um I don't I don't know what Terry's gonna do. It's gonna be really interesting to watch this all shake out, particularly with the Panthers moving up to one Adam. I guess that's something we should mention.
1: Panthers yeah, should what are tra- they doing? Yeah,
0: make a big trade with, with Chicago to move up to the number one overall pick. They also trade DJ Moore in that deal. Um, I, want, I mean, they have to be signing up for a quarterback, you would think, right? Yeah, for sure.
1: But, no, but now I've heard rumors about them wanting to possibly trade out of that spot. Why the hell you make the trade in the first place? I don't know. I don't
0: know if they know what they're doing. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's weird.
1: So, and it will be interesting if, like, one of these quarterbacks drops to eight. Like, do we change the plan at all?
0: No, I think you you stick to the plan. I think you have to stick to the plan. I think you – unless you are blown away by this guy and you're like, yes, I think a 1,000% he's going to be, like, the franchise quarterback. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know enough about any of the, you know, the college quarterbacks to really say if, if someone uh, – if any of these guys can can really be the one to lead you to where you need to get to. Or if that's the right decision to make, I have no idea. But in my opinion, I, w- I would still stick the course, build out, just keep building out your linebackers, your defensive line, receiving core, offensive line, if you can too. Just just keep filling that out, and then and then and then you evaluate what you have, and then you make the appropriate decision going to the next season. Because if Ritter does hit, if this guy is can't actually be a franchise quarterback, this is an absolute steal. Yeah absolute steal you and have you to ha- pay him eventually but not eventually but you, yeah this will only be the second year of what a five-year rookie deal so you have time and you need to use that time i think to evaluate him and also throw out the rest of your team not go chasing waterfalls it's exciting
1: stuff graham yeah we we, we certainly have a clearer picture of what they're planning on doing now we don't 100 know but you know with the signing Henneke.
0: That was a bit of a game changer yes. this morning. Yes, that was not what I was expecting. And at the end of the day, you feel
1: better about your quarterback room March fourteenth, twenty 2023, than you did last year at this time when you had a rookie Ritter. Well, you didn't even have Ritter at this point, but you know what I'm saying. Going into the year, yeah. if we go in with Henneke and Ritter with a year under his belt versus Mariota and rookie Ritter. Yeah,
0: and for anyone who was bitching about $20 million to, to, to Henneke over two seasons the mariota deal is pretty much the same thing and that was made with a very very different salary cap this this will not have any long term repercussions for the franchise so if you're upset about that i would cool your jets
1: hmm. and that's coming from a guy whose jets are usually yeah fully always engaged. on
0: yeah, yeah. All, always on always ready to go into overdrive always ready to explode and then have to <laughs> receive maintenance uh, a few hours later
1: i was a little nervous coming in today cuz you and i hadn't really talked much I think there was one text about Bates where you said that was a good deal but I, I never know where you're coming in with uh what you think about what franchises are doing well
0: you know me adam when I, I see uh defensive players who are highly valued and have produced being signed to deals to help the falcons that's a good thing that's something we don't <laughs> see very often
1: yeah so if, if we had just like Gone out and got
0: the best running back and wide receiver. If we had gotten a running back, I would have like like if we if we would have picked up well, it's an Austin Ecker once out of LA. If we had went and gotten Austin Ecker, I'd have said that'd be the dumbest fucking thing we could have done.
1: There are rumors of you know, this was by rumors I mean one guy who might be an insider with the Vikings saying Falcons have inquired about Dalvin Cook.
0: That'd be so stupid. I guarantee that's bullshit. And you got Algier... Playing the way he is. You do not need Dalvin Cook. You need multiple running backs. You have multiple running backs. You got Corderell. Who's the guy that uh, got injured last year? He was also doing pretty decently. Huntley. Huntley. You're fine. You're fine. The Thank last you. thing we need is running... Is, like, that's the thing that always pisses me off. I mean, that, I, People were also talking about us taking a running back at eight, and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Arthur Smith wants Algier. He wants Dalvin Cook.
1: He wants... Um, Big boy from Tennessee.
0: Yeah, he wants Derek yeah, bring Derrick Henry back. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean the idea just of having... run it every
0: single time. Sure. I mean the idea of having Derrick Henry is great. Triple set. Right? The reality of it doesn't make sense. Okay. To me, with how much money you're gonna pay Derrick Henry. Algier's still on a rookie deal, he just rushed for a thousand yards with a shitty quarterback in Mariota. Uh, there's no reason to be looking at running back at all to me in either the draft or a free agency. There's just zero reason to do it, unless Huntley can't come back for some reason on time and you need to bring in of that to you know, be the third down running back or whatever, or third string running back. That, that's the only reason you need a running back at this point. You don't need to draft one. And you don't need to get a high-profile one in free agency. I think that concludes the Falcons report, Adam.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree, Graham.
0: A lot going on. A lot going on. All right. Well, we'll take a break, hear a word from our friends from DraftKings, and then we will talk about the Braves. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the
1: unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. All
0: right, Adam, it's my favorite sporting event of the year, March Madness. Nothing's better than the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. 12 hours of basketball for four days in a row. Kids playing their hearts out. It's just so much fun to watch it all on all these different channels eat Girl Scout cookies, and drink copious amounts of alcohol. So, let's talk about some some teams I like heading into the tournament. Uh, we got UConn, who I think is a dark horse to win the whole damn thing. They are the four seed in the, uh, I believe, the mid, or excuse me, the western region. I would be betting heavily on them this weekend. Ken Pomeroy, who is, uh, does these excellent sort of advanced analytics, statistical breakdowns in college basketball all season long. He's been doing it for like 35 years now. He's really good at evaluating offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. UConn is one of the most balanced teams in all the the country. I think they rank like 10th and 11th overall in offensive and defensive efficiency, respectively. I would bet on them heavily this and to get to the Sweet 16. Hell, if you really want to take a big chance, take them all the way to the big dance, throw down some money on the DraftKings Sportsbook there. Um, in terms of other upsets, I really also like Utah State, another really a pretty uh, balanced team, 10th seed out of the South. I um, also like Creighton a lot. I think the South is going to be just a crazy region. I would look for Creighton and Utah State and make a lot of noise. So those are the three teams I would say to take a look at this week. Um, it's Creighton, Utah State, and particularly UConn.
1: Thank you, Graham. It's very unfair that both of our teams, Clemson and uh, UNC, did not make it. More yeah. so Clemson. Clemson really got screwed. They beat uh, NC State three
0: times in the middle of the season, but NC State's a 11 seed and has a worse record. It doesn't make sense. Also, West Virginia gets in 1914. Don't understand it. I know they had some big wins, but that's kind of bullshit that a team that's only five games over 500 gets in. Yeah. Carolina just screwed themselves all year. Um, it was really unfortunate how that played out. The first preseason number one team to not get in the tournament um, since 1985 or something insane like that.
1: Well, you got that going for you, Graham. Yeah. And here's what you have going for you. All you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 at bonus bets instantly. Win or lose... Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: Adam, talk dirty to me about the Braves. What's going on down in spring training? I know you've been in Orlando this week, scouting out the team. Got a lot of reports for us. So uh, tell us what's happening down there.
1: Sure, Graham. Uh, Braves are currently 8-7. and seven. Because, you know, records matter. It really matters. A lot in spring training. but matters so much.
0: You know, good, good to get
1: some winning vibes going. Sure. We beat
0: up on the Phillies 15-5. to 5. That's always good. I saw Ozzy had a, what, a three-run homer today. Yep. with like classic Ozzy swing. It's good to see him healthy. Yep, he's
1: hitting 167 so far in spring training. That's no, okay. It's okay. Uh, good to see Vaughn Grissom had a couple hits today. So he's still hitting 321 uh your boy ozuna he's come on strong
0: since we were talking shit about him last week right two
1: for three two runs four rbis 321 i, I think with him he just has to like you know not completely bottom out and he's going to make the team i guess Yeah, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to play no it doesn't have to play him but he's probably gonna make the team but you know this these outfielders are just so intriguing but it is spring training a lot of these guys don't have great track records pilar was two for three today hilliard two for three Apparently the Phillies must have really been throwing some trash out there on the mound um because everyone had a pretty good day um Nick Anderson Graham guy I don't know if we've talked about yet we have not uh kind of under the radar free agent signing this is the guy that like really crushed with the Rays in like 2019 2020 I think he was uh, injured the last year so we picked him up for pretty cheap and I believe he does still have minor league options. But, you know, he's thrown, like, something like eight scoreless innings, 11 strikeouts, like, just kind of crushing it. So, he's a guy that I'd like to be He's a bullpen, bullpen guy, right? Yeah, he's a bullpen yeah. guy, but a guy who can go multiple innings. So, seeing some of these bullpen guys doing well, that's what we're going to need, especially with that fifth spot still being kind of up for, up for grabs. Elder went today. He's pitching to a 6-17 ERA. Yeah, he's been so-
0: disappointing the spring. He was a guy I really thought was going to win that job, but – so far not so good for Bryce Elder
1: yeah there's a a couple other rookies out there that you know are kind of giving them a surprise run for their money and Jared Schuster and uh Dylan Dodd as well um Dylan Dodd he pitched like I think four scoreless gave up one run against the Pirates major league roster the other day so you don't know it's still you know it's only the 14th but these battles are raging, man.
0: Yeah, and unexpected candidates are emerging. Dark horses, if you will. There's also Brandon Shoemake. Or, or what's his name? Braden Shoemake? Braden? Yeah. Yeah, uh, who is giving Von Grissom a run for his money at shortstop. Um, Shoemake is better on base percentage than Von so far. I think their averages are pretty close. And apparently a lot of people are saying the glove is further ahead of where Grissom is at this current moment. So I don't know if it's a thing where he's going to make the roster out of spring training, but it does appear that he is a guy that has made some adjustments from his really poor showing in AAA last year and is making strides towards potentially becoming um, a viable major league shortstop. Yeah, he's
1: a guy I think a lot of um, so-called experts had pegged as a utility player, but his bat's kind of picking up recently, and his defense is, without a doubt, a step ahead. But, you know, it's really – it is Grissom's job to lose at this point. And, like, he's done nothing with the bat to lose it. Right. And his defense doesn't seem like
0: it's been bad either. No. um, Maybe not. I think the range I, – I was watching some spring training highlights and it looks like Shoe may have a bit more range than Grissom based on this very limited tape that I watched. But uh, it's cool to see an unexpected candidate emerge, I would say, because – Especially in this battle, because we were just so fixated on Grissom. Grissom's got to get it. is going to be the backup. Grissom's got to prove himself this spring. And then, like, here comes Shoemaker out of nowhere, being like, hey, don't forget about me. Um, and it was easy to forget about him last year. Like I mentioned, he was he was not very good once he got to AAA. So for him to really, I guess, work on a lot of stuff in the offseason, come in here and make a big impression in spring training, it's really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, he would really have to do something crazy to, you know, unseat Grissom and Arcia. But I want to talk about Grissom a little bit more. I heard a radio interview with him the other day, and he's pretty impressive. I don't know if you've heard him on the radio before or just interviews in general. He, he does not sound like a 21-year-old rookie. And he, he was very open about just some of the bigger challenges of like learning the major league routine last year and you know not, not just like the playing side of it but you know how to travel like when when to be where and like all of this stuff and it's like just a huge learning process and he's talking about his hitting and how like he didn't have his legs by the end of the year and this year he feels fresh again mm-hmm. um and he was saying some things that i really like to hear about he kind of has the same expectations that we've talked about to where you know we've got some bats, And this is what he was saying. He's like, we've got some boppers already. Like I don't need to hit, but I need to field. So it, like he he's not putting too much pressure on himself, which right. I think is great. He's yeah. not expecting to come up and hit four hundred. like he just needs to be okay with the bat and field his position.
0: yeah, it's good to hear the awareness the maturity. and um also that can acknowledge, I mean, he was doing a good job of this last year, even when he was playing like trash at the end of the season offensively. He was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing well. I got to figure some stuff out. He wasn't like, "Oh, you know, I just got to in the cage and I'll be fine." He was like, "No, I, I recognize that things aren't really aren't working out and I'm a little, you know, lost as to what to do." And I was I appreciated the honesty there and um now, now he knows what to expect cuz it was like a precipitous drop off last year. He came in just destroying the Red Sox, right? I think that was his first series at Fenway. And then like two and then he was really good for like Two and a half, three weeks, and after that, it was just like, just a collapse, like monumental collapse in terms of not being able to hit the baseball anymore. So, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing him this year. I really, I really hope that he can, yeah, just provide, you know, a, a solid presence defensively. But I still expect him to hit the ball. I saw enough last year, even though it was a very small sample size, to be like, I think this kick can still be a really good overall baseball player not just oh let's just hope his defense is good it's like no i think he can be the complete package it might not happen completely this year but that's what i'm hoping for long term yeah well that's about it adam for this this uh, episode of Atlanta Center, i think
1: yeah nothing else relevant to report on currently no nope. You know. nope. so <laughs> i think we wrap this shit
0: dig up sorry hawks Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's still a 500 team. still a 500 team.
1: I completely forgot about them.
0: Exactly. The whole Quint Satter thing is is dead. It's not dead. It's just, like we said, nothing's going to really change until next year.
1: Hey, boy, DeJounte Murray has been falling off the map. Yeah, he has. But let's not get into that. Let's not not ruin the good No, this
0: has been a good show in terms of not just, I mean, I think the content's been fine, but it's also been good energy. Yes. Based off of quality work done by either people coming out of nowhere with these Braves prospects or Terry Fontenot making all these all these moves to improve the Falcons. So let's end it on that. We hope you guys are doing well. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Off the Thompson.
1: Off Thompson.